That's what makes this podcast unique, is that we open with every guest says their name. Oh, yeah. This was something I insisted on. <laughs> Hi, my name is Slim Shady. Has everyone done that one? They've done that, right? Slim Shady's probably been done, but go Hi, for it. my name is Jim Gaffigan. And I feel ecstatic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell. Back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, a podcast that aims to please. It's a nice slogan. And pleases to aim. Oh, uh, sometimes no, you was, can reverse things and it's yeah, clever. No. That was one I gave no thought to beforehand, and it means yeah. nothing to say it pleases to aim. Yeah. What would be our slogan if we had a slogan? Uh, still making these. <laughs> uh, hope you're hearing them. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Conan O'Brien friends a need. Doesn't work. Uh, yeah, you didn't no. think about it ahead of time either. That was it's occurring to me now that very few of those actually work and that you have to be clever and think of them. Yeah. You can't just say, well, you know, time to take out the trash and trash out the take. No. You have to actually think ahead of time and and, and map it out and make yeah. sure that it lines up. Yeah. But I can't help it. I'm in the mood to keep trying those without even thinking about it and hoping that one magically works out. And you know what? One will. Yeah. And well, eventually one will, and eventually will one. Will one? Nice. Damn it. Oh, no, that keep... one, I mean, almost. No, You're it almost doesn't. There. No, it doesn't. It, don't, no. First of all, don't get mad at me. And second of all, I'm trying to be encouraging. Yeah, yeah but when you encourage someone who just failed, you're being condescending. Um, <laughs> you know, I just uh, tried to take my first step and fell when down a flight of stairs. When you encourage someone who's condescending, you're being You condescend and encourage. Wait, hold on what? a second. I'm trying my best to come up with one of these. We've got to come up with a legitimate one before this introduction is over. Okay. But remember, let's just put our best foot forward. Yeah. And remember, forward your best foot. Oh, that doesn't work no. either. God, That's not are, good. These are mm. awful. Those are mm. bad. These are yeah. bad. Yeah. And you know what? If you try and don't succeed, yeah. eventually you'll succeed in trying. Nope, uh, not good. Well, I mean, it, that one's true, but it's just not poetic. It no. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I does its sense make? Oh, now you're just turning into Yoda. And I'm getting angry. Why am I getting angry? <laughs> you realize Yoda probably said many of these and just other Jedis were around going, oh, Jesus, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yoda was probably around just disappointing people with his lousy fake aphorisms, you know? Are you comparing yourself to Yoda? No, I just can picture him like oh. saying, remember when, you know, when you add cream to coffee, sometimes coffee, you cream. <laughs> <laughs> See, that one's pretty good. And you're like, what? <laughs> Yoda. And he's like, wise I am. And am I wise? And you're like, no. It's working as Yoda though. Yeah, because yeah. people give Yoda so much slack. Because Yoda talks that way and because he's like this tiny little creature, wrinkly oh. creature, and he's 8,000 years old. Wow, we're exposing him, a Yoda beef here. Real no, 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 Yoda I'm just beef. saying oh, he gets a lot of slack. That. You know that Yoda shows up at a party and everyone's like, oh my God, it's Yoda. Hey, Yoda, thanks for being here. Good to be here it is. And is good to be is now here. And people are like, wow, that blew my mind, Yoda. Your mind blew. Blue eye you. <laughs> Yoda, what? <laughs> I'll blow you. No, Yoda, no, Jesus. Don't do that to Yoda. Yoda, that's disgusting. No, sorry, didn't mean oral sex I give. Tried to be clever with backwards talk. Made mistake, not you I blow, blow I you. What? Yoda, you gotta go right now. There are kids here. Mistake I made, sorry, B.I. B.I., what are you, a pirate now, Yoda? I go now, but now I go. What? You have to use the bathroom? No, leave me, do. Now I leave. Oh, dude, oh, fuck. Yoda, Yoda. Yoda, what is your problem? Try to be clever, I do. But backwards say, hard to make. What? Yoda having stroke. No one know, because of Yoda speak. He's right. This uh, MRI shows he's having a major occlusion in his brain. He's had a terrible stroke that's affected his speech center, and no one knew it because they just thought he was being 2,000 years old clever. 
hospital take me to? Hospital now I do. <laughs> what? He's just a Dr. Seuss Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish I be. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Yoda got a ton of slack. And I think there were many times when Yoda had a few too many drinks and he was hanging around yeah. and everyone was like, wow, Yoda's saying such cool shit. But if you think about it the next day, if anyone taped it, you know, on their phone, yeah. they'd be listening to it too and, oh my God, this is terrible. Like he's not well. Yeah, or else she went home with him and this is what he said? She went home with him? Yeah, well, I mean, he's like picking up ladies left and right, which <laughs> he is like- is? He yeah. is? Sexy you are, are sexy you no, do. Can you, oh, wow, that's so clever. I can't do this. Yeah, they pick him up and go home with him. No, don't do that Yoda to Yoda. Yoda's a swinger. What are you talking about? He yeah. is. Yeah. Come on, guys. You you kidding? Women would go crazy for him. They would for yeah. Yoda. Oh, Yoda, what's up? Well, you know, what's going on? It's so nice to meet you. Uh, why is that my woman voice? <laughs> you know there is a woman Yoda in the Phantom Menace called Yaddle. There is not. Yeah, I swear. Okay. Did they do it? Like, is it a thing? I don't know that they're like connected romantically. Hold on, I'll show you a picture of her. She's hideous looking. Well, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not saying probably beautiful, but probably beautiful to to Yoda. I don't know. Tell me what you think when you see. Okay, let's see. (laughs) Oh! Oh my god. Oh my God, is that Yaddle? That's Yaddle. Oh, Yaddle, same species as me. Supposed to be attractive she is, but horrible finding her I am. Maybe they had baby Yoda, Grogu. No, no, no. When, anyway. When Yoda goes home with girls, are they human women? Or yes, are, oh, this is human women. He's not in, Yaddles. No, he goes to the clubs. Yaddles. No, they aren't Yaddles. He's not going home with the, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Wait, go back to that other one. Look at that hair right there. Post that. That is me in 21 years. <laughs> You're a yaddle. Look at that hair. I'm a yaddle. I didn't yeah. want to say anything, but she has your hair. She has my hair. Yeah. So someone at Lucasfilm tried to think of what's the most hideous look we could go for. <laughs> yeah. And when they got to the hair, they just, they took Conan hair. They did. She's got the pompadour and everything. She really, the same color, the same type of hair. It's all... It, identical. Sexy you are, Yaddle, because Conan hair you grew. <laughs> he likes you? Yeah, he's he, a fan of yours? He's turned on by my hair. Face hideous it is, but hair makes me horny it he is. Yaddle wear that wig to look like Conan. <laughs> One request, Yaddle, I have. Conan wig you wear. Then we do. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yoda gets so much slack. He's such an asshole. Um, <laughs> all right. We got to go. We got yeah. lots to say. We have to stop yeah. this. We have to get going. Uh, my guest today is back. Yeah. He's back on the show, which I'm very happy about. He's a hilarious comedian whose ninth comedy special, Jim Gaffigan, Comedy Monster, is available on Netflix tomorrow. Jim Gaffigan, welcome. A lot of people don't know that we're, you know, we really don't get along. Right. We <laughs> are like Dean Martin and Joey Bishop. Right. We look like we're having fun together you, on stage. Can you make yourself look older? <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, uh, you know, Dean Martin. These kids these days, they don't know about Joey Bishop. <laughs> Joey Bishop. God bless America. That was I, back when comedy was real. Now, why? I love to frustrate any listener now, with when we were, references they don't understand. When I walked in, you, uh, I noticed that you shamed me. You, you called me, oh, here he is. He's vaxxed and waxed. Like, why are you so anti? <laughs> Vax. It's just something that <laughs> you don't believe in, right? Well, yeah. The thing is, I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he was making mm-hmm. a lot of sense. <laughs> and so I immediately started working out, and I had been vaccinated, but I actually went to the doctor and got unvaccinated. Well, you know what I think? I think <laughs> which was, is hard to do. I mean, I, I am. I, by the way, I just want to get that out there. I am the first celebrity to go and have my vaccine undone. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the thing about Joe Rogan is like I do feel like a lot of what he said has been taken out of context. Mm. But there is, and we all have friends that are like, hey, I'm not anti-vax, but I'm about to tell you that I'm anti-vax. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, I got it. I'm just saying I think Fauci's the devil. Yes. 
I don't know yeah. why an 80-year-old man would wait 50 years into his career in an administration to then try and take over the country. It's, called, it's called the long con. Fauci, the I remember long con. when Fauci got into medicine, he said, I'm going to destroy, destroy America and bring it to its knees when I'm in my 80s. <laughs> That's what he said. And he and he and he's true to his word. But um, yeah, I guess- Look, I don't I don't want to spread misinformation, but right. and my dad is a scientist. Yeah, he is. And, he's and, a doctor, uh, right? He's a doctor, he's a microbiologist. Right. And so this has caused a real rift in the family. Right, because you don't believe in science. I don't believe in evolution. <laughs> I don't believe in oxygen. There's no proof. <laughs> I can't see it. I right. can't see oxygen. Right. And if I can't see it, how do I know it's there? Right. It's interesting. And I feel as though creative people have uh, like people, particularly people that are into comedy, have uh, such a unique point of view. They have a tendency towards conspiracy. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're more likely to embrace unusual thinking. And it's fine in a podcast situation, but like when it ends up. Are you seeing, you think this is prevalent in the comedy community? I think it's very prevalent. I think there's a downright suspicion of. You know, I think there's an untrusting kind of uh, approach to comedians. Com- is that how you pronounce it? Comedians. <laughs> it's so strange that you've been in the profession. And comedians. let me just let me just point out also, you're quite well known and renowned for being a great comedian. Comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but you. Never taken the time to pronounce it correctly. Uh, well, you know where I'm from, we say comedy. <laughs> I love the great thing is to say I've heard it both ways. That's yeah. the great, when you're caught mispronouncing something, I, you know, always say, I've heard it both ways. Actually. I've heard it both ways. Yeah, I've heard comedian. Comedian. <laughs> and comedian. Uh, but I didn't realize that, now that you think about it, comedians love to- um, almost define themselves as I don't think the way everybody else does. Right. So I could see that leading to, I mean, I, I, it's not like I'm keeping a list or anything, but are there, do you have a lot of comedian friends that are saying, I don't know about this vaccine or I don't know about this mask wearing, not naming names, but yeah. is, is that something that you've, you've heard about? Um, well, uh, with the exception of you, I mean, I walked in and you were like anti-vax, but no, I would say <laughs> there is a suspicion a right. suspicion because comedians go along this path that they're rejecting generally, uh, you know, a path that you're supposed to take, which is like you go to college, you get a job, and you and then you play golf for five years. I think most comedians, <laughs> if you're going to approach life that way, you're probably more likely to not trust what the government is telling. It's weird because there's also, you know, if you also love history, which I know you do. Mm-hmm. There has been incredible lies. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, remember the main, that was just a con to get us in a war, right? Yeah. So, you know, are we being naive? You know what I mean? So I do uh, find that my friends that are highly suspicious, there is part of me that's like, I don't know. I mean, there were no weapons of mass destruction. You know what I mean? We'll be right right back. Right. Uh, (laughs) This got so heavy so fast, but I will say, I just don't see... When it comes to uh, our desire to have a war in Cuba, you know, in the late 19th century, um, there was a real benefit to us, to the United States, when I say us, yeah. uh, the United States, to get into that war. And and so sometimes I get stuck on when people have a, so yes, and, and there was for the Bush administration a real interest in going into Iraq for other reasons. So I could see the reasoning yeah. behind it. And I don't, necessarily believe this again i didn't think we'd be going down this path but i don't necessarily believe that people willfully or intentionally lied but they really wanted to believe something yeah. I, that's that that's how i feel about it with covid i don't see the upside for the government oh, right. to have to when when people say like oh it's just the government i think what's the upside to yeah. shutting down the economy having to uh really cripple the economy and put the country through two years of hell and um, in order to manufacture a serum that goes into our body for what reason? And they say, well, there's a chip. And I think they know where you are. If anybody really wants to know where you are, they've got a cell phone. So none of that makes any sense to me. I don't don't understand how you can get to the conspiracy, but- uh, 
and I know I've just alienated most of my <laughs> listeners because no, my, but my listeners are very, very conservative. They, well, they also, they come to you for, uh, that's also another thing. We live in this day and age where there's stay in your lane. Don't have an opinion on certain things when the reality is, is that what we enjoy about people that are in comedy is that they do have opinions. So it is odd that we're, you know, that because I understand the hesitation of like, well, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, one person to feel uncomfortable, but you're like, it is absurd. Yeah. But here's the other thing you just mentioned, which, which goes to you. And I, I think we share this. Most of your comedy, and I think the vast, vast majority of the comedy that I've enjoyed doing is we'll have opinions, but they're about the plight of humanity more yes. than ripped from today's headlines. Right. Which I admire people that do that well, but it was never fuel for me. I never read the newspaper and went, wow, this this has really got my brain going and this yeah. is giving, gonna give me something to talk about tonight. So I was almost the antithesis of say a Mort Saul. There's another, he right. just passed away. So that's a name I feel like from the <laughs> 1960s that I can bring up yeah. uh, in, in, in good conscience. Sorry, listeners, but uh, Mort Saul, extremely influential uh, comedian and beloved uh, in the early 60s. But, um, and, and through the 60s, that was his kind of comedy. And then of course that's become a huge part of American comedy. Yes. But whenever I've listened to you, you're talking about uh, cottage cheese. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know- And so, yes, I love hearing your opinion, but it is not about Fauci or it is not about, you know, yeah. I want to I want to talk about this Theranos trial. Yeah. You're talking about, uh, hey. Yeah, no. Well, you know, some of it is- is uh, cottage cheese. Well, some Why of it is, you know. I'm selfish. I, I selfishly don't want to do uh, uh, timely things that aren't, uh, wouldn't be relevant later on. Right. You know what I mean? That's annoying. Um, but also, I think some of it is people don't want to hear certain things from certain people, like yeah. big dorky white guys. And obviously, I don't include you. But like, you know, <laughs> well, everyone knows I'm very, uh, very small and olive skin. But do you know what so I mean? I like, there that. is something about context. Context yes. is a big thing. And uh, so there is. But here, here's the other thing I've been thinking of, which I think is so weird. It's like, this is more politics, is that we look at these people that are like, JFK Jr. is going to come back. He's going to be <laughs> vice president, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. And we're like, ha, 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 ha. Or like when people are like, Hillary Clinton's going to be arrested. Uh, you know, right, da, 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 right. Da. For drinking the blood of babies <laughs> right, in the right. basement of a pizza parlor. And we were like, ha, 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 ha. And we, there was a certain, you felt sad. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so sad. But on the other side, there were all these people like once, uh, once Biden's elected, Trump's going to jail. All these people are going to jail, all this. And we look just as foolish. Sorry. Well, no, I think there's a, I think there might've been, you know, you're referring to this thing that happened a couple of weeks ago where everybody, uh, not everybody, but literally a lot of people, I want to say 2,000, 3,000 people gathered. Yeah in Dealey Plaza, because there was an internet rumor, QAnon rumor uh, or fact that JFK <laughs> Jr. was going to show up right. in Dealey Plaza on this date uh, to announce that he was running with Donald Trump. Right, switching parties. Switching parties. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I kept thinking, why is he, if he's alive, Mm -hmm. Why is he choosing to show up in Dealey Plaza where, <laughs> where his, his father was killed? <laughs> I know. I mean, none of. I mean, first of all, so that's why I went right to. Well, he picked the wrong location, yeah. you know. And and how are you going to cater that? That's a very hard area to cater. Uh, but I. But but I. Um, but I'm also oddly comforted I, by the fact that- I guess that, the only worst yeah. place to pick would be like Chappaquiddick. Like if he was like, I'm coming back. <laughs> right. And I'm going to be in, in the water in Chappaquiddick. I'm in the water in Chappaquiddick to make my announcement. Yeah. Um, you know, so so yeah, there's, uh, you know, but I'm comforted somewhat by the fact that this is, um, this is what humans do. It's what humans right. have always and done. Uniquely and Americans, there's always been the know-nothings. Right. There's always, I mean, I, that's something that, I mean, I like history. I don't know as much as you, but 
I find it fascinating that America is made up of all these kind of people that were kicked out of every other country. They come over here, they get shit on for a generation. And then the second generation, the first thing they do is they find someone else to shit on. Yes. It's like my ancestors literally moved to Iowa because they were killing Catholics in Maine. Right. And so it's like- my, No, my, my, you know my I mean? grand, my, you know, not my, when I grew up, I lived in the house with my grandmother who at the time was in her 90s and she was born in the late 19th century. She had a very clear memory of New Year's Day in New York City, uh, 1900 when the wow. century changed. And she described it perfectly. She had a crystal clear memory of that day. And she remembered being taunted and teased for being Catholic. Yeah. And I just thought, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, no one has <laughs> the idea that anyone would tease me because I was Irish Catholic. Yeah. It was just absurd. But uh, you go back a couple of generations and that's exactly what happens is uh, you get uh, the Irish get here and everybody shits on the Irish for a while. Yeah. And then the Irish are like, what are these Italians doing? Yeah. No, it's- <laughs> and then both the Irish and the Italians are, <laughs> They're like, what are those Polish doing here? You know, yeah. and- oh Yeah, God. when I was growing up, all the jokes were Polish jokes, all of them. Right. Because uh, it was, a, I, I didn't grow up in a racist city like you, <laughs> but uh, there's no, um, can I just, there's no evidence that Boston was ever racist. Really? Yeah. Ever. There's none. There's none. We can't find any. I've well, looked into it. by the way, it. it's like, even when people bring that up, I'm like, compared to where? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Compared to what? Chicago? Yeah. Milwaukee? Uh, Atlanta? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that's why- You uh, came in uh, very, and this is not the Jim Gaffigan I thought I'd see today. And I love this Jim Gaffigan, yeah. but you came in all hot and bothered. You wanted to talk, you wanted to go deep. Uh, you wanted to talk about real things. And I remembered yes. my slogan used to be, Jim Gaffigan taught us to laugh again. Okay. And, that was your slogan. Yeah, that was my slogan for years and years. You were coming on the late night show 50 years ago. I've known you forever. <laughs> and you've always refused to go deep or get real. And Never. you came in today and you are on fire but I think, to talk about real things. I think comedians are very sincere people. Right? I mean, we horse around. And Why did you make uh, space quotes when you said sincere <laughs> people? So, no, because I think right. that we, uh, because we're the sad clown that has to, <laughs> instead of uh, sitting in the reality, uh-huh. we have to, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just stress. Maybe, you know, we're dealing with this. It's it's a very uh, weird world we're living in. I do tell my kids, yeah, you're living, this is, but by any stretch of the imagination, this is strange. You've just, yeah. you know, uh, you had to go on Zoom for a year to be educated. Uh, you're wearing masks now wherever you go, despite my telling them there never was a virus over yeah. and over again. I mean, there there isn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's a pandemic. <laughs> there's just something. I just there's part of me that wants to leap ten years ahead just to see where we were off. I doubt in ten years we're gonna be like, yeah, Fauci went to jail. He did the whole thing. The point that I like that you made is that yes, the right. Uh, there are people on the right that take these crazy flights of fancy and believe these insane things, but they also do it on the left as well. Yeah. And and it came out recently. And again, I can't believe we're talking about so much that's in the news because that's what neither of us does. But recently, remember when when Trump was first elected, there was the Steele dossier. Yeah. And it was all about how there's a tape yeah. of Trump being urinated on yeah. by prostitutes in Russia. And yeah. that's why he is the puppet of the Russian regime. And now here we are, you know, five years later, and I'm just reading this article the other day that's in the New York Times or something that said, yeah, that's all been discredited. That None of that ever existed. And I, you know, I remember you, you for a long time, you were so many people on the left that were wanting to make jokes about, I mean, I remembered my own writers pitching, oh, let's do a whole thing about you know, on the late night show about how uh, prostitutes urinated on on Trump. And I remember thinking at the time, well, no, we can't do, because we don't even know if that's true. Right. And I, right. They, they, they acted like I was a prude. And I was like, well, no, I mean, we just don't have uh, any proof that that's true. <laughs> and also it just seems, 
Uh, he's a germaphobe. I don't think he let uh, prostitutes urinate on him. And yeah. and I was just very, because I've been urinated on by prostitutes, I was very, <laughs> well, right. not at my request, by the way. It was an accident. And, and by the way, these, these, the men, they were, the men that urinated were- <laughs> Yes, they were vaxxed. I, I made sure that the men who urinated on me, and I love very nice switcheroo, <laughs> the men who urinated, and it was an accident, but they were vaxxed. But uh, um, you came in in a tizzy. And because you were- I would say a tizzy. You were in a tizzy, and we don't use that word much anymore in our right. culture, but you were in a real tizzy. I was because in a tizzy. you were late, and you were like- I was so, late. And, and I wasn't, I didn't yeah. even notice that you were late. You were six minutes yeah. late. And yeah. it's, and I'm very chill about the podcast. This is not uh, yeah. some, well, I am. Uh, I, no, I'm, I'm very chill about what time we start. And, and so you come strolling in, and you were very upset because you I said I had to use a rental car. I was in tears. What's the problem with using a rental car? Why did that put I, you into a tizzy? Well, you know, I live in New York mm -hmm. and I, uh, most people in the entertainment industry that want to succeed eventually move to LA. Mm -hmm. And I never made that move. And I've lived and out here. It's hurt you. It's hurt you. <laughs> well, I've lived out here at times, but there's certain things that I, you know, I'm not smart enough to, re like, I'm in a rental car, and it's like, I, I didn't know how to, like, I sat there, the guy pulled it up, and uh, I sat there for, like, a couple minutes trying to figure out, you know, most people know how to work cars, and I was <laughs> like, I didn't know what where. What specifically didn't you know how to work? I because you know the steering wheel, and you know. I know the steering wheel, <laughs> but I didn't know how to shift it into gear. Like it was like there was this. Um, it was on the the uh, behind the, the steering wheel. Yeah, it was. Uh, on but the it was column, a small one, so I was like, "That can't be it." <laughs> and it's it's. I don't know. I'm just not that uh, not that bright. Yeah, I'm just not ready. And you know, my brother Mitch would love you know because it's a it's a fancy kind of fancy car. Mind if I throw up right now? <laughs> you rented a fancy car. They rented. I'm doing this project. I'm working on a film. Okay, so they got you a fancy. Are you embarrassed when someone arranges for you to have a fancy car? Yeah. Well, that's. I get a little embarrassed sometimes yeah, if that happens. You know. Well, it's not a super fancy car, but uh, my manager's assistant was like, "Hey, we got you this car," and I'm like, "I, you know." It's, I saw you pull up. It's kind in of in a weird. 1967. Silver Ghost, Rolls yes. Royce. Yes. And uh, <laughs> no, but I, it's kind of wasted on me. You know, like fancy cars are kind of wasted on me. Like I'm not, I don't have that level of appreciation for cars. I don't know. I don't have anything against people that do appreciate cars. I am quite content. I mean, I think that's, I, I think your lowest level car drives really well. Yeah. So I don't even yeah. know what that is. I and need I don't wanna... air conditioning. That's what I need. Right. What is your... Now, you, do you collect, uh, besides uh, collecting, um, you know, uh, you know, you being part of Pizzagate, you collect babies, but like, what? Well, just for their blood. Um, but do you collect, do you collect guitars or something like that? Yeah, I, but I, I, I do have guitars, but I, um, this is going to sound terrible. Guitars get, give, are given to me by yes. people. People, um, because, uh. Um, and it just, it started years and years ago when people knew that I hacked around on the guitar. Yeah. And so uh, I have purchased shockingly few guitars. Right. And most of my guitars are ones that have been handed to me by people. Elvis I, Costello. And no, he did never gave me a guitar. Bastard. That, and he was sitting in the same chair you're sitting in not five right. weeks ago. Right. And I kept waiting for him to give me a guitar. Who was the most, uh, who, who was the person you were most excited to meet besides me? <laughs> Wait, of all people or? Of, uh, you know, uh, let's let's keep it in the entertainment industry, you know? Yeah. Where course. you're like, I can't believe I'm kind of nervous. Well, that would be uh, I, I, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Uh, and I got to briefly meet George Harrison years ago, but right. I think uh, Paul McCartney, uh, I think uh, easily just because I, you know, he's Paul McCartney, he's a Beatle, but also because I have such a depth of knowledge that I was, uh, I knew too much about him. I've never known that much about someone oh, that's I haven't, that I've never really met before. So uh, on a few occasions, I've gotten to hang out with him uh, and it's, 
it was an act of will not to be staring at like his hand and thinking, so right. that's the hand that, and I know you do that with me. You stare at my hands. <laughs> well, I mean, it's weird because you you have like claw-like features. You know, a lot of people, I, I never noticed that on the show that used a lot one of- hand is very claw-like. <laughs> But yeah. it's, it's attractive in kind of like a claw-like feature. We did a smart thing, which was we, because it's my right hand that's yeah. basically a, a chicken's claw. Yeah. We, but it, we, turned, we, turned me, yeah. we turned me so that my uh, on the talk show, it was always my left side that you were seeing. And mm-hmm. that hid this um, sort of very small chicken's claw that I have for right hand. And so no one ever saw it. And there's little things you learn that's, on the podcast. That's known that you as never the chicken know. claw. It, within the industry, it was known as the chicken claw. Yeah. Uh, just the positioning. And it, rarely, I mean, occasionally we had to edit out. I think it was uh, Christina Aguilera was on the show. Yeah. I came out to greet her after she sang a song. And this is mm-hmm. in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And she said, I went to thank her. And she had not been briefed. Right. Because I she, was briefed. Yeah. And she said, What yeah. the fuck? Mm-hmm. You have a chicken claw. And that's kind of rude. Yeah. And and the and and really was freaked out. And so we edited that out of the show. Yeah. And then we got Andy to dub over, thank you for having me on the show, Conan. And it was yeah. clear that that was not her voice. That his voice was too high. His yeah. voice was way too high. <laughs> the, the, um, the, 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 this, this interview is either incredibly good no. or maybe one of the worst, I, but I can't tell. It's fantastic. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm kind of jealous of, I'm jealous of people that uh, that do podcasts because I feel as though you, it's kind of like, it's a, essentially a play date, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. play date set up by our mommies. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but like otherwise, but you get to do them with different people. Who's the person that is the worst guest besides me? Who was the worst <laughs> guest that you will just I mean, on the ruin pod- their day that on the they podcast. hear it? Yeah, on the podcast. I'm not going to say. That would be a terrible breach. That would be a and breach also, of confidence. Uh, a name popped into my head, but I'll never say uh, who it was. Never, right. ever. Because that's, you know what? That's Why not do what that? you're made of. And also, it's rude. It's, it's mean. It's mean. They, uh, they, this person uh, came on my show and- Can you and, just tell us their last name? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I can. Yeah. It's, it happens to be Jonas, but it doesn't, you don't know which one it is. Well, first of all, uh, I've had, I've talked to all three of the Jonas brothers separately. Yeah. And two of them were the worst ever. And one of them was the best. Right. So um, that's the answer. I'm just glad that they finally got a, they have a special on Netflix. Finally. You know what I mean? I was like, when are they going to get a special? And I was like. Um, now it sounds like I'm anti-Jonas. <laughs> I want to clarify quickly. We've never had the Jonas Brothers on. It's not the Jonas Brothers. But the person I'm thinking of, their name rhymes with Jonas. So let's just leave it at that. Bonus. Yes. Jack Bonus was a Jack terrible bonus. guest. Jack Bonus. Writer, producer. All right, Jack so, bonus. so as we head into the holidays, what holiday traditions happen? <sighs> happen at your household like do you open presents in the morning do you do it at night um does your wife do uh does she have certain things that you yeah yeah my wife is uh do you pretend to go to church or what do you do well just getting this started out just very nice i'm gonna ask a lot of questions got super personal yeah first of all i will not celebrate i live in los angeles and have for over a decade Mm -hmm. i will not celebrate christmas in Los Angeles. I will not do You'll it. You'll leave. So we always uh, try and go east. Uh, she, her family's uh, in Seattle. We were just yeah. there for Thanksgiving. That's north. We, yes. Uh, no, yeah. no. I'm saying we go to, <laughs> we go to Seattle uh, or we go east, which yeah. is we go to Boston uh, or we go someplace like to a top of a mountain. It must be snowy and cold for me on Christmas. Oh, I insist fun. on that. That's I fun. insist on it. And there has to be some kind of weather system. There has to be some kind of feeling that it is in fact Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so I refuse to put on a 45, you know, SPF sunblock. Yeah. And celebrate Christmas in the yard and then take a swim. That's never going to happen. Is it true that you will force your family to hear you sing Christmas songs (laughs) for like an hour? Oh, well, first of all, an hour, it's a lot longer than an hour. It's a lot longer. Yeah. Listen to this. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep. 
fucking heavenly. Yeah, this is kind of a, a real question. You're somebody who loves music. I, I find music a mystery. A mystery. But like, if you could be a, a moderately successful musician, would you change your incredibly successful comedic career? Yes. You would do that in a heartbeat. I would give it all up if I could be in a moderately successful rockabilly band. Right. Where I got to so grow, big- my si- grow my sideburns super long and play a lot of um, Gene Vincent and just tons of like super fast time rockabilly so that, that with band- Jimmy Vivino and a couple of other of my guys and just travel around and do that and, and um, yeah, ruin my marriage. You, ruin you, you my would, relationship with my kids. You would you would do that. I think I would, yeah. You, you're being facetious, but I think you really No, no, I'm not I, I to you be honest really, with you. To be honest with you, there is there is part of me that uh that over the years, I mean, Jesus, almost 30 years of doing the late night show. Yeah, that's too I, long to do anything, by the way. Trust me, it's too <laughs> yeah. long to breathe. Uh, yeah. So I, um, and you'll testify to this, Sona, because you were there for the 11 years that you were watching me go to rehearsal. All I wanted to do was play music with the band. Yes. And it was, it was through sheer force of will that they got me to work on the comedy. But all I really wanted to do, <laughs> yeah, and, play. Exactly and right. is that something all your life, or did that develop no, that, later on? Uh, I was always interested in it, and um, it was sort of uh, I I knocked around on other instruments, but I didn't pick up a guitar until I was twenty two, and I came out to L A. And I've always told people the secret to learning an instrument yeah. is to have no relationship. I was single. I didn't have a girlfriend. Um, I but would, that's not a surprise to anyone listening. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> you know. Uh, no, but it's what's amazing about this story. No, no, story, no. I, uh, you know what? I, what's amazing about this I, story is I you, handed you my heart to you. I handed my heart to you and you ripped it You're in telling a story as if then at the end you're standing on stage holding a Grammy. But you essentially. You <laughs> <laughs> I know. Then none of that happened. Well, the whole time I was working on my comedy career, but this was my hobby, but I had a lot of time for my hobby. Hobby because you you watch TV yeah. in your $380 a month apartment yeah. in the flats in Hollywood near the La Brea Tar Pits, and you're wearing gym shorts and you sit there and you you play that those goddamn fucking chords over and over and over again wow. uh, while you're watching Say by the Bell. And then you're suddenly a creep. Am I a creep, really? Yeah. Because I was uh, in my early 20s watching a children's show. Yes. (laughs) Because the girls were so pretty. I think it's very creepy. Well, it wasn't creepy until you just said that last part. I know. The girls are creepy. That's the weird calculation, (laughs) right? Is all men end up being creepy. I watched for Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like there's no one that doesn't end up being creepy. Well, also as The Dalai Lama is probably creepy. (laughs) Oh, he's super creepy. Right. Has he been on the, was he on the show? He did it last week and he's doing it again next week. Yeah. And he's the worst guest ever. Really? A lot of Because plenty. everything with him was, well, in the next life, we'll find out. He was what insufferable. A cop yeah. What a cop out. Yeah. I'd ask him anything and he'd say, well, we must be present in the moment and in the next life. And mm-hmm. then as he left, he said, I'm getting paid for this, right? Yeah. And I said, we don't pay our guests. And he said, this is a quote, fuck you. I want $100,000 yeah. in a suitcase and I want it now. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that like he, uh, when I was on a show, another show, he took all the drinks and chips from the green room, and I was like, <laughs> I was like Dolly, and he was like, call me Llama. Yeah, and, <laughs> and remember, the reason he wears that robe is he has massive, massive pockets on the inside that are yeah, lined just, with tin foil, but so wait. he's pouring dips. Chips. I mean, most of the time, if you go up and give the Dalai Lama a big hug, I tell you 65 pounds of snacks is going to be crunching and 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 oozing out of him. cheese plates too, which is just like- Now, speaking of great religious figures, I know that you have performed for the Pope. Did you get to meet him or just perform for him? I mean, I spent a weekend with him. Was this at his golf course? I met him. I introduced my my mother-in-law to the Pope. Yeah, that was uh, a while ago. I yeah. know, but I'm allowed to bring up. No, you're, you're you asked not. me you're about not. learning the guitar in uh, you know 1985. So why can't I ask you about meeting but, the Pope? But it's like you you described 1985 like you weren't working on this. Weren't you working on the Simpsons at that point? No, there were no Simpsons yet, and so many nerds right now are dialing in. <laughs> okay, to a, a pre-recorded show, which so it's a waste of everyone's time. 
<laughs> no, I was working. It was my first show that I worked on, which was called Not Necessarily the News, which was on HBO back when HBO was only available in motels. And uh, and so you had just graduated from college. Just graduated from college, yeah. So you eighty five. So you graduated in eighty four. No, I graduated in eighty five. Eighty five. Wow. Which makes me. I'm if, so much more younger than you. <laughs> Well, I'm, I am, I'm I'll more, be honest. I'm 58 <laughs> years old. 58. You don't look a day over 57. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, how old are you? That's kind of personal. I'd okay. Not uh, I see it. what you did. You uh, got me to reveal uh, my I'm age. I'm 55. Okay. But I'm, we're both creepy. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're both kind of on the creepy end. Well, but we're, we're married, only, so we don't have to worry about we're it. We're only creepy in certain contexts. I think, we're, I think it's really creepy that you and I- uh, like to hang around strip clubs, strip clubs, <laughs> but not even go outside. We hang around up front and we try and tell people to go into the strip we club. We tailgate. We call it tailgating. Yeah. We tailgate in front of strip clubs. You know clubs. what we do? Like, this is a thing Gaffigan and I do. Can I call you Gaffigan? You can call me that. Um, Cause you taught us to laugh again. Uh, we love to, and this is a thing we trade off, but we started doing this. I want to say we started doing this in like 1998, mm-hmm. but Jim Gaffigan and I started, um, I don't know how we started doing it, but we started tailgating and barbecuing out in front of strip clubs. Yeah. And it's fantastic. We were the first people to do it and still the only people to do it. And most <laughs> of the guys going in were like, come on over. And they're like, no, I'd rather not be identified. And we're like, don't worry, there's cameras everywhere. And they're like, what do you mean cameras? And sometimes they'd leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the other thing too is we found out that a lot of guys going into strip clubs didn't want to hang out with us and pound beer and eat ribs, they wanted to go in and look at uh, almost naked or naked women dancing. Yeah. They were not interested in hanging out with us and having- It's weird because like, I know they serve food. Sometimes there's a buffet in strip clubs because, you know, like- It's very people, good, the food there. The people are like, oh, I'm just going for the food. There happens to be naked women. Right. You know, I don't, didn't even notice that. I'm mostly going for the wings. And <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to go in. We'd say, you don't have to go in. We have food here. Mm-hmm. It's free. And they're like, no, you know what? Right, I prefer right. it. The, you know, they have better chafing dishes inside. <laughs> You know, that's they a have, lot of people there. Yeah, they have sterno warmed food inside. So why do you think, Conan, why do you keep doing all of this? Why do you keep doing all of this? Why do I keep doing all of this? I mean, Compulsion. some of it is, is dance. I love dance. No, but You're a very do, good dancer. I, you know. When I, it's your question why, for example, right now I'm not doing any kind of TV show. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I'm just doing this and I really- Love it. Uh, it is kind of, and I, I shouldn't say the highlight of my day because I have a family that could come out wrong, but it makes me very happy. It's not logical to do this for a living or aspire to it. It's a very strange thing. And I think the same thing about music. It's just a compulsion. It has to yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, it is this strange. Did you decide at one point, I am going to be a comedian? Or And, and when you did, didn't it seem ridiculous? Oh, absolutely ridiculous. It's much more normalized now, but like I feel that when it was kind of brought up to my family, I'm thinking of being a comedian, they're like, you're joking, right? You know, like that's not a real occupation. You know what I mean? So going beyond that, like even doing these comedy specials, it is really uh, an amazing sense of accomplishment that you feel. I mean, just coming up with a new joke or doing a good podcast, it is, it's, it's amazing the, the buzz you get from it. Right. And it's, it's so strange how it's, it's something that it's not as if people, uh, uh, you know, you think that you're like, well, I did that. I'm done. Like there's this mythology of like Johnny Carson retiring and you never see him again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even when like Letterman retired and then he started doing the Netflix show, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. It's like, you can't not get the buzz. You know, the other thing too is that show business changed. So it used to be that there were very few slots in show business. And I feel I got into this in 93, the late night show, and the old order still existed. There were very few networks yeah. and there were hardly any late night shows. You know, a slot has opened and it was like this millennial once in a thousand years, a slot opens and who will get it? And I got it. And there was this feeling of you have now been welcomed into the order of those who are in broadcasting. (laughs) 
Yeah. And um, now we live in a completely different world where yeah. there's literally 150,000 hours of entertainment available yeah. to everybody all the time. So no one's saying I've got to rush home because my favorite late night show is starting. It's it's, <laughs> you know, like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's you know it's also going to come a time where because we've seen the numbers go down on these late shows where eventually right. there will be uh, these late night shows to no one's fault. They'll be like they have five people watching them. Bob Phil. Sally, you know, like it's literally they're going to be able to identify these people. Well, what happens too is that no one's, um, all the clips are online. Yeah. And I have people coming up to me all the time. I just went up to Seattle for Thanksgiving. People come up to me in the airport and they'd be like, oh, I just saw that thing you did. And they're talking about something. First of all, I usually don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But often it's something that they just saw online from nine years ago, but they just saw it. And so I'm starting to get the feeling that I can probably never do, I mean, I, I want to keep making stuff and I intend to, yeah. but if I never did anything again, I think when I'm like 110 and just a brain in a jar, people might be coming in and going, that thing you did last night, I just checked it yeah. out. Where yeah. you, uh, you know, you and Tony Bennett get in those go-karts and smash into that thing made of custard. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah. Someone looks it up. That was 1994. But someone just experienced it and had a chuckle. So uh, it it is very different. It used to be, you know, when Johnny Carson left uh, The Tonight Show, it was like he, the cla- the sky parted, there was a portal and he ascended up into it and then he yeah. was disappeared. Yeah. Whereas um, now there's really no reason if you're interested in making stuff, which is, I reduce it to that. Yeah. I know you're the same way. We like to make stuff. Yeah. It beats not making stuff. It's really fun and it's a compulsion. There's a a reward that people don't realize. And it's not about it's not a monetary thing. It's literally a sense of accomplishment which seems odd. I don't know. It's we figured it all out, Conan. We I think we figured out so many things. Um, and yet I'm stupider than when this started. Yes, that all happened. <laughs> How did that happen? Let me talk about this really quickly. So like when you so you were in the airport mm-hmm. flying to Seattle. I find this really fascinating. People always come up and they say the same thing, which is they're being polite. They're like, I don't want to interrupt. Mm-hmm. But they're interrupting. Right. I don't want to interrupt. But and I'll be like at dinner with my family. I don't want to interrupt. But can I get a photo? And you're like, but I'm eating with my family. Yeah. And then you famously, you're kind of well known as a guy that sort of flips out on people when they come up to you. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, yeah, you, you you're not, you're okay with me saying that. Like you're I'm always I, you know, there's I'm I, always it's there are a lot of Gaffigan stories about a lot of like throwing phones. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of like, oh, a vet in a wheelchair came up to you yeah. and you and said, I really hate to oh, interrupt you. It was a you. veterinarian. It wasn't a, a war. <laughs> oh, veteran. I know. That's what I meant. Veterinarian yeah. in a yeah. wheelchair. And I mean, who also I, didn't need the wheelchair. Who just a lazy veterinarian. Just a lazy vet. Like they were like, oh my gosh. Oh my and God. I, I rent, yeah, I insisted on getting but one of these. That I, vet had also complained about too many females becoming veterinarians. Yes, and so then it was I know. Like, it was a bad veterinarian. It was emasculating the occupation. My point is, stuff, you really lost it on that lazy veterinarian. That lazy vet. And uh, started screaming. Screaming at them, yes, and saying, uh, "Do you know who I am? I'm Jim Gaffigan. I'm the one that taught America to laugh again." Which, yeah. by the way, you've <laughs> got to stop saying that. It's, it's such bullshit. It's I. It's it's a tragic end. It's a tragic end. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, we talk about compulsion and why we yeah. do these things. I want to talk about this. You have another special, a comedy monster. It's going to yes. be on Netflix. Yes, uh, it's December 21st, which I believe is tomorrow. I don't look at my calendar often. Yeah. And, uh, but I believe that's coming out tomorrow, the 21st. And uh, this is your ninth comedy special. Yeah. Talk about compulsion. I want to pay you a compliment. I have had a front row seat to just about every really great comedian uh, of of my era. I think you might be the most prolific or oh, one of the most prolific of, nice. I'm going to, I'm not going to say the most, I'm going to say one of 600,000 others. No, for, <laughs> yeah, no, just like no, no, any you, other human. Uh, all, I mean, none uh, of it's all, good, but you just pump out the shit. <laughs> like a soft serve machine that's just, that makes diarrhea. <laughs> right, right. But round the clock. Uh, no, uh, I am going to get this compliment out in uh, in clean form. 
I am stunned. Every time you would come on the show, you would have a completely new set that was completely different from your last set. Always great material. And then I felt like I could probably get you to come back two days later and you would have another set. You are crazily prolific and it's all good stuff. Oh, and I, and I'm, I'm, I've always been um, really in awe. And, I've, and I'm to the point where after you'd be on the show, I'd say, I don't understand how he does that. Oh, well, thanks. Jim, I, uh, I adore talking to you. This is your thanks second so time on the podcast. I know, I feel honored. And um, we don't, you know, uh, we haven't been doing repeat guests. And really? Oh, no. And so I much. just, I love talking to you and I'd be happy to talk to you in, in an hour from now. Um, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I'm really looking forward to the special. Jim Gaffigan, Comedy Monster uh, on Netflix. And to get my Netflix warmed up. Yeah. Yeah, it takes my TV 45 minutes to warm up right. to Netflix. <laughs> and um, thanks so much for Thank stopping you for by. You're a, Appreciate it. You're not a great man, but you're a very good man. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I'm interesting for like an hour. You're 50 minutes. 50 minutes. You're interesting 53, for 50. 53, around 54, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. Guys, it's our last episode before Christmas, the Yuletide season. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. holidays. I know, Sony, you celebrate uh, Armenian Christmas, which is later, right? Yeah, I celebrate both. But to give myself more time to get gifts, I say I celebrate Armenian Christmas. Every year when Christmas comes, and this is, I've known Sona a long time, Christmas comes and I give her her gift. And it's always, you know, as you can imagine, I'm always like, surprise. And she's like, oh my God. And I go, and here are the keys. And um, a locker. I get her a a gym locker from 1968. (laughs) No, I get her a nice- uh, You always are very generous Yeah, I give you a nice gift. And then I'm kind of, there's part of me that's waiting. We're like, oh, what am I going to get from Sona? And it's nothing. I don't get any Christmas gift. But then it's because I forget that Sona is very happy to get a Christmas gift. Yeah. But what she really likes to do then is only give gifts on Armenian Christmas, Mm -hmm. which is a couple of weeks later, right? It's January 6th. Yes. It's the Orthodox Christmas. It's the Orthodox Christmas. And and to give a shout out, the uh, Armenians or the original, it's the oldest sect of Christianity, isn't it's it? It's the uh, first country to accept Christianity as the national religion. They yeah. did it in 301. The Greeks will say they did it, but they did it. The Greeks say a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, the but Greeks. Can we all agree on the Greeks? Good man, oh, the don't Greeks. get me started on the Greeks. What if that's the one <laughs> distinguishing characteristic of our podcast is, man, there's a lot of Greek hate going around <laughs> on Conan's podcast. Conan He's, O'Brien needs a friend. No Greekies. But no Greeks. <laughs> no Greekies? <laughs> yeah. Conan O'Brien has banned Zach Galifianakis <laughs> from his podcast. As he's an upcoming guest. <laughs> I know, he's, a, he's on soon. Hey, Zach, you're on my shit list. You and all those other Greeks. Aristotle. Uh, <laughs> Aristotle's on your shit list. Oh, yeah. Man, when I see that guy coming, he I can't go the other way. He can't come on this podcast. He can't. I don't want to listen to his sort of weird pseudo-wisdom. Um <laughs> Holidays are a little loaded for me. Uh, I want to preface this by saying I love my wife uh, very much. And whenever someone says that, whenever someone in entertainment says that a lot, you know that their marriage is in trouble. Yes. Um, no, my wife, Liza, is is terrific. But I'm realizing that we have very different uh, philosophies about Christmas decorations. Mm. Okay. I'm realizing that my wife is very tasteful. Yes. Uh, she comes from a more wasp, uh, waspish uh, culture. Okay. Um, and they're very tasteful people and good people. And um, of course, I come from uh, from horrible Irish pirates. And, <laughs> and I'm realizing that whenever Christmas comes around, I'm always trying to put up, my, my wife always just wants there to be kind of white lights, uh-huh. just pure white lights and and not too many of them, but just an appropriate amount. Very elegant. Elegant very and simple. And I realize that I'm always, um, whenever she's doing that, I'm always in the corner trying to order uh, a plastic Santa on a toilet that spins. <laughs> that goes on your front yard. I have that oh. in me. I like multicolored lights at Christmas. Yeah. And I know that I am a full-grown adult and... There's no excuse for it, but I like multicolored lights. I don't think you need to explain and my for that. Yeah. I do too. And, yeah. No, no. My wife says that's cool on the tree, but I swear to God, if I was let free, 
um, there would be, uh, you know, angels and Santas and snowmen. You just rocketing around. Tinsel. Yeah. yeah, just shit and tinsel uh, all over the place. Um, I can't help it. I have, and I realized that uh, when I was a kid, my brother Neil really read the, led the charge. He got, uh, he got from my grandparents, he got like this light up Santa Claus that was really like over the top um, tacky and a light up snowman and he hung them without my parents permission he hung them out the front door of our <laughs> out of his window which is the, the side of the that's facing the street and um just he put up as much of that stuff as possible and this santa looked like a drunk it looked like a big fat drunk man <laughs> oh no who was lit. and it was one of those ones that was made in like the late 40s or early 50s yeah Whoa. and he had like a, a he was a leering drunk santa and then a big frosty the snowman and my brother neil would just with no um, sense of decorum would just throw these things out the window and they would hang there off an extension cord. And my mother, of course, was horrified. But I think I grew up with that thinking yeah. that's well, that's what it should be. Yeah. Um, I want all that stuff. And so I've noticed that whenever I start to pitch a Christmas decoration to my wife, her whole body tenses. <sighs> I can just see her whole body tense. Like she's like, the second before an automobile accident, the way someone tenses up and puts their arms up, and yeah. I, and uh, and and she knows anything I say is going to be a well. We'll let's think about that. Yeah, mm. let's think about a a leprechaun that's wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that uh, shoots M and M's out its ass. Let's just think about that. That sounds cool. And I'm like, there's it's only forty four dollars, and they can deliver it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, you can well, play let's... Human Centipede with that. <laughs> I did order a uh, a bunch of human centipede Santas once uh, a couple years ago. And, <laughs> and she didn't want it out there? No. Oh, what? Yeah. Liza, that's unreasonable. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Liza. Come on. <laughs> Liza, why are you harshing my mellow? Yeah. You know, I, this is my joy. Don't yuck my yum. This is my joy. Don't yuck his yum. <laughs> you know? You uh, know what, though? Your house is very elegant and sophisticated. So it would be weird if you had like a drunken leprechaun. I know, the but there's part of me that that, uh, you know, your true nature, which is, it's not just my DNA, but it's also how I was raised and the influence of my oldest brother, Neil. There's part of me that just wants to go hog wild. Yeah. And uh, and and be insane. It's a time to be insane. Could you and do so, your office that way? Like, couldn't you have a little allocated room just for yeah, your Christmas like a little, fun? A little Conan corner. Yeah, a little playtime. No, I want to impose it on people, on other people, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want, uh, you know, I want other people to be forced to see it. You should take an apartment in the city that's not for a lover, but just to decorate. <laughs> a Christmas. pied tear. I love that. Decoration. Yeah. I love that. I'll be the only celebrity that got a secret apartment on the side, not to meet my mistress, <laughs> but to just decorate t with tacky Christmas <laughs> crap. And then I go there and I drink overly sweet instant cocoa <laughs> and watch Frosty the Snowman backwards. <laughs> Uh, in, my, in, in my feety pajamas, and uh, and then occasionally walk outside and and look at my tacky little uh, pied a terre. Yeah, that's good. And then uh, <laughs> never in the neighborhood's like Conan must have a mistress in there, and I'm like, huh, mistress? Er, yes, yes, mistress. Yes, I lie, uh, mistress Claus. Uh, What's that? She... National Enquirer? Yes, mistress in there. Just so I I look like less of a loser. <laughs> Because no one would rent this just to decorate it with tacky Christmas shit. Yeah. No, no, mistress. Um, mistress in there, yes. Her name's uh, Santina. Santina. Klaus. What? You seem like a bad liar, Conan. Um, if you were allowed to do whatever you wanted, would it be like the house in Christmas Vacation? Yeah, it would be terrible. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't go that far, but it would be bad. My wife is right. I do think my wife is right. right. But um, as she is in most things, except in choice of husband. <laughs> oh, no. She missed, Come on. She missed, she missed it there. She could have done better. But uh, I, I think she's right. But there's this impulse I have, which is, oh, my God. You know, I could... Uh, there's no reason why that piece of furniture can't have multicolored lights wrapped around it. I Maybe. get it, though. There's a, there's a like, tough 
tug of war between the elegance, but also Christmas is a season of like childhood joy and kind yes. of unbridled and excess, fun. excess, yeah, yeah and, right. And uh, and I think it's come to represent, uh, you know, America's uh, expression of its dominance in the world. Um, oh, and uh, capitalism and its uh, yep. its defeat of other forms of organizing society. Okay. Well, anyway, my God, that's, what uh, did you do to Christmas? <laughs> that's what I think Christmas is all about. Uh, um, you heard it here first <laughs> on Conan O'Brien can't stand the Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent Booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>